0: Welcome to the River City Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message delivered by Pastor Chris Nelson. If I would focus on being fruitful, God might be able to do some better things in my life. Listen to this. A hundred times more than than was sown, these crops grew. hundredfold. Everybody say hundredfold. I mean a hundred times more. He says, when he said this, he called out, whoever has ears... To hear, in verse 9, he said, what did he say? He says, let them hear. Now, I like that they slapped that one up there all by itself. Let them hear. Everybody say, let me hear. Verse 9, he keeps going. He says, his disciples asked him, what is this parable meant? You know ask him what, what this parable meant. What does this mean, Jesus? You speak, here you are again speaking in parables. I love parables actually. they're amazing. He goes on, he says, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but no others I speak in, uh, but, but to others I speak in parables so that though seeing they may not see. Here's the question. Why would he do that? Here's why it's not this is this is kind of y'all ever heard of the the concept of casting your pearls among the swine? I think God is looking for some people who, when He speaks, we say, Yes, God, what was that? God, I'm here, I'm listening. When someone gets up and preaches on a Sunday, we say, Yes, this is good soul. You you can cast your seed here. I'm not a swine. I'm not a weed. He keeps going. So they, 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 they may not see in verse 11. He goes on. He says, Though hearing, they, verse 10, I keep in there. Though hearing, they may not understand. And he keeps going in verse 11. He said, This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Everybody say, Word of God. This is key right here. Well, we don't speak word of man here at River City. We speak word of God. We don't teach concepts that we can't back up biblically. And we don't twist the Bible to fit our, our narrative we follow the biblical narrative. There's a lot of twisting going on in the world to fit narratives that man has has made, but I I mean, you can see it in the political system, you see it in our culture, you can see it all over the place. I'm gonna go and say this, because I've been saying it, speaking out on it a lot, and I'm gonna keep speaking out on it, because my God, man, now we're now seeing the word being twisted to fit the idea of killing babies in the womb. That's a shame, that's a shame. Why? Because the word said that he knew me. He had plans for me when I was still in my mother's womb. That's the word speaking. You can't twist that. That's word. Now, we're going to preach word. Amen. So he keeps going. The seed is the word of God. Those along, those, uh, those along the path are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. He keeps going in verse 13. It says, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy, and they hear it, but they have no root. You can't take root in the life. Why? Because their hearts are hardened. We see in Scripture also in the book of Psalms, the psalmist wrote that the the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. What does that mean? A brokenness, a softness. And I pray this often in my life. God, keep me broken. I I don't want to be hard. God, keep me broken. Just when I think I got it all figured out, slap me and tell me I'm wrong. Convict me. God, I want your conviction in my life. I, I don't, I don't want to lead my own life. I want, God, the, the, the word says that the the, the the foot the footsteps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. God, I want to be a righteous man. Order my footsteps. I want to follow the word when it tells me that. So they believe, but at the same time, so he says they receive the word with joy and they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while. Everybody say, a while, a while. but in the same time, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Now this is interesting. Verse 14 keeps going. It says the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries. They received it but they let their circumstances choke out the promises of God. How many of you have had promise in your life but it's been a long time. We say, God, it's been 10 years. I want to remind you Jesus told us he was coming soon 2000 years ago. 10 years ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. 10 years is just a bl- it's like a second in his world. It's nothing. You got to think, there was were, there were Sarah, Abraham and Sarah, and they're, they're living along in a time, where they got promises of a baby coming, and it took years, and here Sarah's 90 years old, and she's at this point practically laughing at God, saying, you really, you really think I'm going to believe you're about to give me a baby? How many, how many people over 70 in this room right now want a new baby? Like, I'm 34, and I'm like, no, you can have it. We're good. We got four. We're all right. Good to go. They didn't have any, though. They didn't have any, and here they and here they were. God's given them promises. Tell me, I'm you gonna have a baby? Right, look, God, I'm tired. <laughs> and a lot of us we've grown weary. And what's happened is those promises, and what and what what God promised in our life, it's It's been choked out by life's words. Riches and pleasures, what does that mean? It means I got sidetracked and started focusing on things that really didn't matter as much. And I missed out on what, I was watching this show the other day, and it was called, I think it's called Dropping Cash on uh, Netflix. I just wanted to go check out and see what these people are dropping cash on, like rappers and rock stars and actors and all these different people. And as I watched this show, it dawned on me that this person is not just ignorant, this person is ignorant. <laughs> Where I come from, that means they dumb, okay? <laughs> like, ignorant. But what, what's going on? They have chased riches and pleasure, and guess what? The devil will give it to the most ignorant people in the world if they so desire, because he'd love to use an ignorant person who keeps their mind focused on things that really don't matter to lead a whole culture into the, in the way of damnation. Just because you got riches. and pl- Now, there are a lot of wise and godly people with riches, and they're, pl- and they're enjoying it. That's true. There's some people here. You got, you're doing pretty good. I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you. God is blessing you. In Jesus' name, I pray he just keeps on blessing you. Wouldn't it be awesome if we had a billionaire or two in this church? That'd be pretty cool. I, I'm, a, I'm all for it. So, somebody here just said, I received that in the name of Jesus. Money! Come into my hands. Speak it. Captain, my inner Chapelle, right there. But anyways, <laughs> but here anyway, no, it, it's true, and that's what's, that's what I mean. I mean, a lot of us would love that. I'll take it. But some people, that's what they're chasing after, and that is ignorance in and of itself. Why? Because that's that's not that's not what where are you why? Because the word tells me where I put my treasure, there will my heart be also, and I can't take it with me. So why in the world would I let that be my focus? Now be disciplined. Put some money back. Grow well. That's great. That's all right. But do it God's way. And if you'll do it God's way, he'll protect it. And while you're doing it God's way, you're also putting up for yourself treasure in heaven. And when you, I can't take it with me, but I can send it on ahead, as the saying goes. And that's the truth. I, I'm not going to get into that today. I'm going to keep moving. It's Richard Pleasant. And they do not, what? Ignite. (laughs) They don't ever grow up. And I'm watching 40 and 50-year-old men on there, and they're talking about like this, boy, I swing my cash, son. This is how I do it. Look look at me making it rain, boy. That's what I do. And I'm sitting there going, y'all are idiots. That's another little word we have. (laughs) We're What is you're an idiot, man. I mean, and, and they're sitting there talking about, boy, you know, I just like what I have to say and make a difference in this world that I get given the opportunity to do that and I get to make a big old difference in this world and see, see, see my mind go out to the world. I'm sitting there going, your mind that you're sharing with the world is literally poisoning the minds of others. Come on, man. So they you can chase after them. And say, this is important right here. I, I got a whole, I got two more pages of notes. I don't even know if I'm going to get to it today because there's so much right here in this parable. So he keeps going. He says, so they don't ever, they don't ever grow up. But the seed on good soil stands. Everybody say, stands. It's important for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word and they retain it. And by preserve, per, uh, persevering. Everybody say persevere. That's that's key right there. Produce, it, right there. That one line. By persevering, produce a crop. Now I'm going to tell you what it's important. I, I'm not going. I'm I'm not trying to be political. I just couldn't help this week when a. Political person talked about the fact that being a farmer is easy. You just put seed in the ground and water go on it and boom, flower grow. We got a lot of farmers in this area, and they would tell you that uh, ain't so simple, my friend. That soil has got to be good soul. And this morning. I want to to plant this with you. Really, at the end of the day, what ends up happening is the reason people fall aside after promises come and after God has moved in your heart and after God has told you, I'm going to save your family or I'm going to save you or I'm going to save the people around you. Here's why. Because doubt is often the toxicity that poisons the soul. Maybe even poisons the soul. Doubt. Everybody say doubt. Doubt. This morning I'm not getting pumped up. I'm not trying to pump you up for what's coming next. I'm trying to get into your intellect for a second. I'm trying to I'm trying to reason with you because I believe God gave us reason and gave us good reason. And I can I can get your emotions up and I can push you. And that's gonna happen here in a minute because the pastor always says you can't be spiritual. I can I can be emotional without being spiritual, but I can't be spiritual without being emotional. What do you mean? Because to get into a spiritual place, I gotta open everything. Listen to this, what are the causes of doubt? And this is something I've actually preached about before, but I brought it back for this because it actually, it actually ties in here. And I'm going to show you some things. Causes of doubt, here's one. We believe like those around us. W- what does that have to do with it, Chris? Well, here's what I'm going to ask you. What flock are you flying with? How many voices are being spoken into your life that are not godly voices? Who are the old birds you're sticking around with? I don't know about y'all. When I think about old birds, I think about them vultures in Jungle Book. Y'all know which ones I'm talking about? Hey, say, so, what are you going to do today? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Don't stop that again. And we're hanging out with a bunch of people and we're saying, hey, you know, uh, w- w- you know where are we headed? I have no clue where we're headed. <laughs> living around people speaking into my lives who have no rhyme or reason or direction where they're headed. They're just living on their own pleasure and all their own emotions and what feels good. Follow the heart and it will never, never lead you the wrong way. <laughs> it will lead you the wrong way every time. My heart is, that's my emotions. And yesterday at the zoo, I had the emotion to punch a dude in the nose because he was rude to my kids. Follow your heart, and it'll never lead you the wrong way. <laughs> when well, a local pastor punches a guy at the. <laughs> yeah, no, don't do that. Yeah, so, Can we talk about something? Can we talk about the tourists who come to Waco? We need to put a big sign up as they enter Waco. Hey, tourists! Learn to be nice. My God, we're in Texas. And Waycoans, let's be nice to them too. Quit honking your horns at them. My God. Heard a man sit down on his horn. He's honking the horn to the man in front of me. What he didn't know the man in front of me, his card done stalled out. He's honking his horn. He's done made me mad. Now he's about to get two people on him. My heart was speaking fist, face. And then the Lord came in and said, Man of God. Yes, God. Are you me? Because right now I don't want to be. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't let that happen. What happens is. We fly with a flock of people who have a bunch of man's wisdom or worldly wisdom and wisdom of culture. And, 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 and what happens is, God, there's seeds sown into your life here on Sundays or in small group. And we walk out of here and what do we do? It gets stolen. And Doubt rises. Mark 9, 19 says, you unbelieving generation, you replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. This is a man who needs prayer, a young man who needs prayer. He, and they, 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 well, my, my, my son is sick. Did you pray for him? Yeah. But I come to you. Why? What we're saying is because my faith is small. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 to 15. And I don't mean to be mean this morning. Let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with bringing your child to church to be prayed for. There's nothing wrong for calling on men and women of God to pray for your kids. But I want to tell you, God hears your prayers as much as he hears mine. God knows exactly where you are. He loves you. His ears are open to you. But the word says that the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Sometimes my lifestyle does not line up with my prayer. God, god's been all over my case about that and i'm just being honest about listening he says do not be yoked together with unbelievers what what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever what does he mean yoked together chris i can't be friends no i don't want to say I, I can't be in covenant living with other be- believers i can't be spiritually bound to other people now we're talking about covenant next week as a church we're making a covenant together with god we're placing ourselves together in covenant with God through communion and commitment, and saying, "God, we want it Your way, not my way." This is not a have-it-your-way church. This is a have-it-God's-way church, and we're going to challenge you on that constantly. Because here's why: because if we didn't, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be righteous people. We would be we would be false prophets if we didn't. And today I'm, I'm teaching this kind of for a second, and we hope you're getting a hold of it. And the second thing we do, so the first thing we do is, is, is we believe like those around us. So what flock are you flying with? What birds are you letting in your life? Second thing we do is we've tried things that didn't work. In other words, I I, got, I, I prayed and I didn't see it yet. I didn't, you didn't do it in my time. I think you should. So what does that mean? It means we become hardened and we become very rocky when God doesn't work when we think he should work. And when we start trying to dictate his timing and saying, God, I want it in my time, not in yours, I want to ask you this question. How many people do we have here over 35? I'm not even over 35 yet. say over 35. The brain, a lot of it, science has found that the brain is the frontal lobe of the brain. In other words, the, uh, the good reason lobe of the brain ha- does not finish forming until about 25 to 28 years old. So I'm going to give you another 10 years after good reason has set in a little bit better. And some people don't mature. We saw that a second ago. They ignorant. Ain't nothing you can do about it. But here's what happens. Here's what happens. There. I want to ask you this question right here. If you were given a million dollars at 18 years old, do you think you'd spend it as wisely as giving a million dollars after 35 years old? No. What's that called? Timing. Everybody say timing. Timing is an important thing. Timing is very important. And what happens is we, we want God to move in my own time. When he don't, I get hard at him. In other words, I get offended at God. I get mad at him. Here's what happens. Mark 9, 17 through 18 says, A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. In other words, he's afflicted. Everybody say afflicted. You ever seen them afflicted shirts everybody used to wear all the time? You know all those MMA basement fighters that we, <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about, every man walking around town, going out on a Saturday night, you know that they're going out because they got their afflicted shirt on, their BKE wide legs, and their square-toed Ariats, they're going out, they don't grab their leather bottoms, they got the rubber bottoms, because son, they might have to be nimble tonight, all right, See y'all, some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, and that's good probably. <laughs> I never would wear an afflicted shirt. If you wear wearing an afflicted shirt today, I love you. I'm sorry, but I would, I'd get that off. <laughs> Why? Because I ain't going to be afflicted by anything. I don't want to be afflicted. So he says he's possessed of a spirit that's robbed him of speech. It says and whenever it seizes him, it it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes the teeth, and becomes rigid. I ask your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. So well, I've already tried to do this, and God, it didn't work out the first time, and what we do is we get mad at God and say, well, it must be, it must be it's your fault then. Never assume it's God's fault. I heard of someone asked the other day, their son had a drug problem, and he was uh, trying to get drugs from the drug dealer, and something went sideways, uh, he was at, going, he is a, he's a crack addict. It was actually, it's actually in a documentary, it's on Netflix right now, and he said, I just kept asking God, why, God? Because this crack, this crack, the crack dealer shot him and killed him. He said, Why would you let this happen? And I'm sitting there going, Oh, brother. Our lifestyle leaves us in this places sometimes, and we get mad at God because we took ourselves out from under his control and we said, I'll do it my way, have it my way do what I want to, when I want to, who I want it with who I want to do it with. Where are you at now, God? Is that, well, you walked right out from under my, my, my umbrella. And that doesn't go for every case. I know there's godly people that, that bad things happen to. I'm not saying that bad things won't happen. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust alike. But we get mad at God. And then here he is, he says, I've tried, but it didn't work. So, what would he, so we become hardened is what happens. The second, the third thing is this, we believe. Everybody say, we believe. Sort of. We have good soul, but here's the problem. It needs more nutrients. It needs more of the presence of God through his spirit. And this morning, I want to ask you the question, Is the presence of God allowed in your life? Because if the presence of God is allowed in your life, it means His conviction is allowed in my life. His transformation power, that's allowed in my life. His ways, His no, when I want to hear a yes, is allowed in my life. And this morning, I... I wonder how many of us, you got. Good, you got a good heart. But what we've done is we've quit filling up our heart with the right things. And we start letting things come in and create toxicity or doubt in our heart. And we believe, but just sort of though. But I want to remind you that the Word tells us that faith the size of a mustard seed is enough. What do you mean, Chris? That means sometimes the devil comes in, he tries to steal, kill, and destroy every promise in my life. And and, and, and today we we have the the man of God who's here, who works in the prophetic. The second service is going to be a little different today than what we're used to. There's no telling what could happen in this room if we just throw out doubt for a moment before that moment even gets here in this service. We close this service standing where we're at. I'm not even going to do a big altar push. I'm just simply going to say, if you want to come to the altar, come to the altar. And what if, what, what if we said, God, fill me up with your spirit so that the nutrients of my soul or this soil, soil, if it makes you feel better, would be, would, would be nutritious and it would, it would be fertile so that the word could fall on good soil and so that your word could take root and grow into those promises becoming fulfilled. God, I'm going to trust you no matter what the circuit. And this brings me on, and I'm going to keep moving. Come on. Listen to this for a second. Mark 9, 24 Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, he says, but what does he say? Help me overcome my unbelief. I do believe because I came here to get prayed for then there's that unbelief. And that's where a lot of us as Christians sit. There was a book called The Christian Atheist that came out some years ago, and it was amazing. It was talking about how many of us live like atheists. We don't trust God to the love. We live philosophically for God, but we don't live a spiritual life based in His presence and His will and His kingdom's way. And this morning, I want to ask you, where are you at? I know you believe because you're here. But you need help with your unbelief. And right now, I'm appealing to your intellect, but what you really need is the presence of God in your life. And that can happen. James 1, 6-8 says, But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. Chris, you sound hard today. I'm not being hard. I'm being loving. Because there's some people here who do believe. I'm not speaking to a group of people. Here's what what I believe I'm speaking to. I'm speaking to a group of people that at least believe right now. You're in one of three places, either, or four places, you could say. You believe, but you've allowed things to come in and steal, or you've allowed other things to become your focus, like treasures and all those things, and you don't have time for God, so I spend more time putting into those things, and it soaks up all the rain of the Spirit that's falling in my life. Or I believe, but he hadn't done it yet, so now I'm getting hardened. Or maybe you just believe, you do believe, but you got a little bit of doubt creeping in. Or maybe, is there somebody here this morning that's willing to say, I'll step out today and just say, abandon all God, I believe it. And here's, here's faith that honors God. I'm going to leave you with this this morning. Number one, faith that honors God believes when it doesn't see. Even when the enemy is trying to steal and trying to cover the eyes and the circumstances aren't wrong. Hebrews 11, 1 through 2, we've read this over the past couple of weeks. Now faith is the what? Come on, shout that with me. Faith is the? Faith. Come on. Of things hoped for, it's the? Faith. Of things not seen for by it, the elders obtained good testimony. Faith, it's not, and, and we talked about faith becoming action as I'm wrapping up this morning. We've talked about faith becoming action. Faith without works is death. So if I say faith, I have faith, that means that I've got to put some legs on my faith and step out in faith and walk in a lifestyle that really does honor God. It says, God, I trust you. You're really going to do what you said you're going to do. Here's the next thing, Matthew 9, 28, when when he had gone indoors, the blind man came to him and he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? They said, yes, Lord, they replied. Now, these are blind men. They can't even see him. They've only heard about the miracles that that, that have taken place. They've never actually seen the miracles themselves. And they said, yes, I believe. And this is the next thing faith that honors God persists when nothing changes. What does that mean? It pushes through hard, rocky times, those times when nothing's happening when I think it should. I just say, "God, I don't care this night. It didn't happen when I wanted it to, but that's all right. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to keep on walking in you. I'm going to keep on putting legs on my faith, and I'm going to keep walking in your truth and in your righteousness. Colossians, Colossians 4 and 2 says, "Be persistent in prayer and keep alert as you pray, giving thanks." To God, I'm going to thank God for the promises. There's been some promises God's put in my life over 10 years ago. And to this day, I'm still sitting here just going, God, I receive it, God. God, I'm open to it, God. Let your presence, God, I still, I still believe. And I'm still walking in what you called me to do. Why? Because you said it. It's going to happen. Hadn't happened yet. But I'm not going to be hardened at you. I've watched people my age just excel and, and, and they're doing great in the ministry and they're and God's ministry for their life. They're all things, and I'm sitting back going, man, that's awesome for them. But a wise man once told me, don't focus on that. Focus on God. You keep your eyes on him. Don't, don't, don't compare yourself among yourself. Don't worry about that. God told you what he was gonna do in your life. Looking at him. Keep your eyes, The scripture would say, fixed on him. What is all this about? At the end of the day, it's all about Jesus. God, I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to trust you. Even when it hadn't happened, I trust you. Colossians 4 and 2. They be, be persistent in prayer and keep alert as you pray, giving thanks to God. I know I read that twice. Third thing is this faith that honors God works when it doesn't make sense. What do you mean? It means it trusts God over circumstances. It trusts God over environment. God, it doesn't look like it. I believe, but God, it's not, it's not, the timing's not perfect. Things aren't just right, so I got a little bit of doubt creeping in as you stand all over the room this morning. Listen to me for a second. As you're standing up, you may have doubt that creeps in in situations that tries to lead you and guide you, but this morning, I wonder if there's people in the room who say, God, I want to be good soul ready to receive your word this morning. Raise your hand if you're staying for second service today. Okay. Now, how many of you, it's okay, go ahead and raise your hand if you can't, you got to leave today. Here's what I want you to do. Those of you that are having to leave right now, just, just lift that hand back up right now. Because this isn't just for those staying second service. God, I, I just speak over every person. If you receive, lift both hands up right now. God, I pray right now for the power of your Holy Spirit to move in these lives. In every room, in every every room and compartment of our soul, God, in every place in our hearts right now, God, those lifting their hands who are having to leave here in a minute, God, I just pray right now your Spirit, God, would fall into their lives, God, and you would reign, God, your Spirit would reign, God on their on the soil of their souls, God, that your word this morning would take root in their lives, God, and they could walk out in faith the promises that you've called them to. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. To find out more about River City, find us at myrivercity.church or at River City Waco on social media.